holidays. Welcome back to the Brick House Podcast. It is the best time of the year. My co-host, Joe Brennan, does so much hard work this year, but the hardest that he works all year are on the next two episodes of the Brick House Podcast. I'm Andrew Passaro. My favorite musical savant is here with us. Joe Brennan, how are you doing this fine evening? I am wonderful. And let me tell you, Christmas was a few days ago, but today feels like Christmas to me. It is your Christmas. This is really like the day that I look forward to hearing from you the most. Not that I don't look forward to hearing from you every day, but you 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 get what I'm I'm saying. It is time for the Brickhouse podcast to break down our favorite albums of the year. Our next episode will feature our favorite songs of the year. So best albums of 2020 is what we will get into today. If you missed our best music and television episode, my one shining moment, as they would say in the the, the NCAA tournament, that was our previous episode. But it is my time to shine. This is your day, Joe. And how long is the list this year? This year, I believe it's the same length as last year. I didn't check. I didn't do my homework in that area. But I have 13 albums this year. It's okay. We're working on that. Thank you. We've got an official note taker now for the podcast. Oh, yes? How much are we paying him? I haven't determined. We haven't determined price. It depends on how much I can rip them off. All right. No more than three bananas. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking two bananas and one blueberry muffin. And maybe for like a nice like Easter bonus, we'll give him like a a flavored seltzer. I was thinking maybe additionally a Toblerone bar. You know, Ooh, just that's that fancy. Maybe Christmas time he'll get a Toblerone. That's a nice Christmas bonus. Yeah. My dad always, my dad put Toblerones in. Speaking of Christmas, Christmas bonuses, things. this year, you know what I got as a Christmas bonus? A scarf. That's cool. All right, Joe, I'm gonna I'm gonna tee you off here. So I'll throw in some of my favorite albums after Joe gives you guys his because we know this is his bread and butter. Let's start with lucky number thirteen. Number thirteen is the second best import from Australia, Rolling Blackout, Coastal Fever. They grace us. Wait, if yes, if they're the second best export, where does that mean leave Tame Impala, and where does that leave our queen Courtney Barnett? Oh, I forgot about Courtney. How do you? You first of all, we never forget about Courtney right. on this podcast. I uh, I take back that statement. I withdraw the, the statement. The third best import from Australia this year graces us with a strong sophomore effort. The songs, they drive, they soar, they conquer. Yeah, that's cheesy, but. This album isn't. It does pair well with a tall boy of Rolling Rock, however. Rolling Coastal with the Rolling Rock. Andrew, did you have a chance to listen to this album? I feel like I did. I just forgot that it happened, And to be totally honest, because um, I did also like their first album, and I their whole first vibe. French Press is... Oh, which was 2016. Was that what that was? No. Mm, I think, yeah. Was it 2017? I don't know. You haven't... You haven't I don't remember. You. Not... Not important, but uh, no, now that I'm looking at this album cover, I would have remembered looking at this album. So no, I did not listen to it, and I'm mad at myself. But this is this whole episode is me being mad that I didn't listen to stuff that happened this year. But You would like it. It says 20-something-year-old Brooklynite all over it. I mean, that, 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 that sounds you. good to me. Number 12 is a musician by the name of Sinai Vessel. That's for fans of Pine Grove, The Sidekicks, uh, Manchester Orchestra and closet emo fans. Uh, At times, it sounds so fragile that the music could fall apart at any time, but that's what's uh, so tender about the fragility. Fragile! It must be Italian. Well, I think that's just fragile, honey. Really good shit. Number 11, the new Gorillaz album. This revisits what was great with the 80s, the synth and production, 
a wide range of features, all the way from Robert Smith, Six Slack, Schoolboy Q, Elton John, Tony Allen, Slow Tie, Beck, Peter Hook from Joy Division, and Gold Link. It's it's incredible list of musicians that's on this. And I said this earlier in the year. What's so great about electronic music is you don't need a face for the, the music. So it never really ages. 808s will always be popular, in my opinion. Synths will always be popular. Look at Blinding Lights this year. One of the arguably most popular songs this year. Sounds like it could have come out in 1982. We're in the top 10. The next one, it's a band that's been around for about 15 years. A band I saw, was lucky enough to see back in 2011 in Washington Heights, the Fleet Foxes. Their album, Shore, we've talked about maybe five or six episodes ago. It's great for when you're hiking in the woods. Great for when you're having a day in nature. Um, really soothes you, brings you back down to earth. Is that your go-to hiking album of 2020? Like if you're going for a long walk in the woods, is are you putting on Fleet Foxes? Is that the vibe? Yeah, Fleet Foxes get the Brick Award for Best Album in Nature this year. <laughs> Coming in at number nine. The new album by Georgia. I fell in love with her production, her hooks, her drumming on her solo effort back in 2016. Uh, and this album just ste- steps everything up a notch. Super infectious dance rhythms, fantastic vocals. If you're looking to party in your apartment, throw this album on. Give me a spelling on that. Is that like Georgia, like the state or the country? It's Georgia, like this. Well, that's spelled exactly the same. Okay. Well, that, the that, state that, that the was country. the joke. Yeah. Yeah, she's not from Georgia, though. She's from uh, England. Number eight is someone that made an appearance on the top 13 last year, Denzel Curry. This album came out pre-quarantine, I think in January, uh, and it's it's like a mini album. There's only like eight songs on it. But let me tell you, this album, incredible. I have to say Denzel is one of the top lyricists in the past few years. And paired with Kenny Beats, just absolutely punching bass and drums and fantastic samples. So that was that was unlocked. It came out on February seventh of this year, and it was you're right. It's only seventeen minutes and forty seven seconds. But even his last project, Zoo, which came out in twenty nineteen, which we loved, was only twenty nine minutes. He doesn't really put out. And also, what was even better than the album, uh, Kenny Beats has this uh, YouTube series called The Cave. And he did an extended version of The Cave where every song is played to eight different types of animation. If you're into animation, if you like rap, check it out. Please check it out. You're going to absolutely love it. Uh, Number seven uh, is this band called Sports Team. If you're looking for a fun, loud punk band, uh, if you're a fan of pavement, if you're a fan of anything really, definitely check this band out. Wide-ranging. If you like to party with me, you will like sports team. <laughs> Did you listen to them, Andrew? I listened to like 45 seconds. It was like, I can get down to this. That's all you need. Yeah. Like it was, I was very excited. I'm very excited to go back and listen to all of it. And they seem like another, you know, Brooklyn, you're going to go see them in a random venue in Brooklyn and have a great time and then go out with your friends for hours after because they just set the perfect tone of the night. They seem like that kind of band. Yeah. Spasmic, beer binging, fantastic music. Uh, Check out the the song Born Sugar on that album if you uh, want to dive in. Number six is a jazz drummer by the name of Moses Boyd. Back in the days before masks and perpetual anxiety, I was lucky enough to see Moses 
uh, as a fill-in, actually, at Le Poussin Rouge. Uh, he filled in for Coco Rocco. And I was upset I didn't get to see Coco Rocco. I think their passports didn't, didn't check or something like that. Maybe they were trying to smuggle in eight pounds of cocaine, uh, something like that. What does La Poussin Rouge mean? The red fish, I believe. Okay. I don't speak French. I learned something today. Yeah. So I was upset I didn't get to see Coco Rocco, but I was just as pleased to discover this, this new, uh, well, he's been around a while, but this musician from England. He was a drummer. He laid it down in the kit. He wowed me with his jazz cover of Nas's The World Is Yours. Ooh. And the album does just that. It, it'll it wow you. What's the album called again? Dark Matter, I believe. It'll wow you with his jazz chops and his hip-hop pop tendencies. There's a particular song. Check out the track Shades of You featuring Poppy. Luckily, Poppy was at Le Poussin Rouge the night that I, I saw Moses Boyd. Andrew, what number are we up to? I thought that was like six. Number five. I'm no doctor, but you need more salt in your diet. That's true. There's this band from England by the name of Salt. S-A-U-L-T. In 2019, they released two albums titled Five and Seven. I don't know what happened to the other five albums before that. But this year, they released two other albums, both untitled. Um, One has a fist on it. The other one has two hands praying. Superb releases. Funk forward, undefined, faceless. No one knows who's in the band. No one. That's just an interesting idea. Like, how cool would it be for you to put out an album and not have ever anyone know about it, but like guys like us are talking about it. That would be pretty cool. And also, you don't have the idea of like getting accosted on the street of like, oh my god, like like me meeting Dave Grohl that one time. Oh my god, you're Dave Grohl. He's just trying to buy a wallet from the Coach for Men store in Delaware. But you can just put out a good album. People appreciate it. Absolutely, and I'm sure plenty of people will love the fame, but. When you listen to the music, you could definitely hear the genuine want to make music. It's it's beautiful. It's pure. Songs of protest, emotion, love. It it's fantastic. I like I said, I can't even define what kind of music it is. It's just great music. It appears on my list. There is a second album listed as number five for albums of the year. This is why I'm not an accountant. This is why I'm not a statistician. This is why I do a music podcast, because I can't count from one to ten. So, as the second number five album of the year, What's Your Pleasure by the London-based singer Jesse Ware. It's the perfect album to pirouette with the plants, to get down with the succulents, and to make the neighbors want to join in on the Jesse Ware jukebox. Modern-day disco, recorded at Abbey Road Records, actually. Definitely check out the songs read my lips and step into my life if you like to dance if you like electronic if you like sexy uk singers check it out number four 2020 was the year of griselda we saw upwards of 10 solid releases for members of griselda and at its head stands benny the butcher he swerves swags and stabs through the knockout beats this album cements benny as a mainstay in the top tier of rap Opinion? Uh, I mean, it was. you're right. It's the best release from Griselda this year. Fantastic listen. He had really great features on it. If you weren't going to talk about it, I was. I saw Benny twice in 2019. I was looking forward to seeing him a couple more times in 2020 and never got around to it because of COVID. But he is the best lyricist. He is the best. He's the best member of Griselda. And, and Conway and Westside 
they're no slouches. Like they both had very great albums. And when we get to songs, one of my favorite songs of the year is from a Griselda member. But his work was very good. I hesitate to say this because I don't want to take away from it. I still like Plugs I Met better than than this. But this is a very, very strong follow-up. Burden of Proof was very good. Where Would I Go featuring Rick Ross and Timeless featuring Lil Wayne were both two of my two of my favorite tracks off the album. And additionally, the track I, he did with Freddie Gibbs was fantastic. And I look forward to him, you know, continue. He's worked with big artists before. On his last album, he has a track with Pusha. Black Thought, he's only going to continue to work with more people. I'm very pumped to see where this guy goes in the future. Coming in at number three is Australia's number one import, Mr. Kevin Parker, Tame Impala. I have to say, when this album came out, I uh, I kind of hated it, actually. This album was so important that we did an emergency pod. <laughs> I forgot about that. Upon second and third and fourth and fifth and infinite listens, um, I, 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 changed, I changed my opinion. There's only the one thing it's... I need to say about this album. And this is where I edit in. This motherfucker don't miss. No, he's fucking good. That motherfucker don't miss, man. He's good. In the heat of battle, he don't miss. No. In the heat of controversy, he don't miss. No. This album is an incredible listen. And if you only listen to one album on this list, go listen to to this album. I was trying to pick off tracks that I liked off of this album, and I came up with a list of like seven songs. And I say this hoping it doesn't end up being the case. This might be the last Tame Impala album we get. Kevin Parker is flirting with the idea of basically just like either becoming a studio musician for people or becoming a producer. It doesn't sound like he's necessarily going to keep doing Tame Impala forever. He might just go help other people make music and, you know, work with, you know, he's worked with Kanye in the past, I believe. He could continue to go that route and help produce beats and instrumentals for for hip-hop artists which would be sick i hope he doesn't stop making music but we're not going to get another tame impala album i don't think for a considerable amount of time i believe the last album only came out in what currents came out in 2015 2016 so yeah he's not going to come out next year and put out another album he's not going to do that so go listen to this album uh, this is this is also i feel like I, I don't know if timeless is the right word to say about this album but this is an album where you go buy this on vinyl because this album is going to be a remembered album for the next decade. Yeah, you'll be able to listen to this in 5, 10, 15 years and still appreciate the sounds, the songwriting, the production, everything on this. Coming in at number two is an artist that I believe has the staying power of the likes of David Bowie and Kurt Cobain. I believe he has the musical ability, the distinct sound and the songwriting to boot. Yev's Two More. This is a musician that we talked about way early. Like, I think it was like the first or second week because he released uh, the first, the fir- what's the name of the first track? Gospel for a New Country. He released that in 2019. But Andrew apparently forgot I mentioned it. Yeah, that happens pretty regularly on this podcast. Let's be real. Yeah. But this guy, he has such a distinct sound. He meshes indie rock with with like hip hop samples and he 
the I don't know, he she's phenomenal. Like I said, it's speechless. I have listened to Kerosene this year so much while just doing absolutely nothing, while just sitting there admiring how great this song is. It's one of those, yeah, I would love to be driving to this, like on a highway, on an open highway, kind of like in the area where we used to go to school in northeastern Pennsylvania, which has like a nice mountain and woods backdrop. But this album is, it's just, it's perfect. Like, it's so good. And I'm I'm pumped to hear anything else this guy releases in the future. And I'm excited to go back and listen to some of his previous releases. So here we are, number one. I have a guess as to what this is. But I'm going to let Joe take it away. You know what it is. Number one, album of the year, Mr. Freddie Gibbs and The Alchemist. There it is. Yeah. Alfredo. As Kendrick's music drought continues, his spot on the throne wanes. With two fantastic releases, lyrical genius, back-to-back years, Freddie Gibbs, in my opinion, takes the number one spot, the best rapper around. He cements it this year with collabs uh, with The Alchemist, Benny the Butcher, Conway, Tyler the Creator. Beats crafted on this new classic, minimalistic, and they lack a typical booming drum-bass combo, but that allows, in my opinion, the lyrical genius of Mr. Gibbs. His flow in his own rhythm, changing speed, delivery, while keeping the message steady and strong. Incredible album. Um, When we get to songs, we will debate what is the better Tyler the Creator feature, either Something to Rap About or 327 by West Side Gun, which also features Joey Badass. I love The Alchemist. The amount of times that I've looked up a track and be like, why do I like this track so much? And then it's The Alchemist is I cannot tell you how many times that's happened. This album is perfect. It's an all time like, I don't know, all time classic hip hop album. But the thing I like about listening to Freddie is that Freddie is quietly bridging the gap of underground guy that like you're a deep hip hop head who knows him to quickly kind of becoming like, yo, this he might be my favorite rapper. And he's working with the best producers. He's getting featured on some of the best tracks. He I can't I can't say it better than you already did. I'm kind of surprised that you didn't go with Jay Electronica because that album dropped earlier in the year and we weren't expecting that. And that album was a great hip hop album. So, but here's some of the albums that Joe did not mention that I would have mentioned. And actually Freddie has a very good track on this album. And that's the price of tea in China by Boldy James. Freddie's on that as well as Benny the butcher and Vince Staples all feature on the album, which is additionally produced by the alchemist. It's only 38 minutes. Surf and turf is really good. Scrape the bowl is really good. That's the Benny the Butcher track, and Snort is also very good. My favorite's uh, Giant Slide on that album. Oh, yeah. At the beginning of the year, I was listening to The Price of Tea in China a lot. So that's definitely on my list of things that albums that I really liked. The Childish Gambino album, I enjoyed a lot. I haven't gone back to listen to it as much. That's 315.20. That did have a bunch of like alternate versions of a couple tracks that he'd previously done, but I still really like the album. Mac Miller, R.I.P. Circles came out at the beginning of the year. That's the unfinished that one of the producers finished was the pair to Swimming. They were supposed to be kind of like a double release called Swimming in Circles. Uh, Blue World was my favorite track off of that, but I thought it was a very introspective, continuing the same trend that he started in Swimming Solid album. Obviously, we got to get to my boy, Action Bronson, only for Dolphins. (laughs) 
And upon re-listening to the album, the three singles, GoldenEye, Mongolia, Latin Grammys, all really good. But my two favorite tracks have been Sergio, which has a very similar vibe to one of the tracks off of his Lamb and Rice project. I like Sergio's become like I'm washing ditch it. Uh, I'm watching I'm washing ditch it. I'm washing ditch it. Damn it. Today, Junior. I'm washing dishes and we're not editing this out. Um, I'm washing dishes and I throw on Sergio and I'm just like doing random stuff around the house and it's a very action-esque song but not like the big beats and it's etc that you're used to but I like that a lot and then Marcus Aurelius which is a little introspective etc uh, introspective type for action I, I I like it a lot Cliffhanger also Cliffhanger might be like the big party track on the album I don't know I could go on and on about that album and a couple more that I got you didn't mention nothing, The Great Dismal, which we liked. I don't know how I forgot that album. Holy shit. Where is that on my list of like 200 albums I wrote Oh, down? there we go. I got him. I got him, folks. I got him. I pulled one over. Dude, the I Great didn't even Brandino. write that album down. I fucked up. I fucked up. Shit. Fuck. Oh, now you fucked up. Now you fucked up. Now you fucked up. You have fucked up now. Now you fucked up. 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 Now you have fucked up. My 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 whole list is totally illegitimate now. Bush League. You did fuck up. You did fuck up, and I got you. But that's what I'm here for. I like that album. the The problem I have with that album is that there's no track on that album. It's a great album. It flows together perfectly. It's another great album album by them. But I don't have a track like I did with like Bent Nail on the first album or like I had with Us We Them off of their last album where it's like, this is the song that I listened to and I played through a billion times. Like the album as itself is great. I just haven't found that like one track that's always bringing me back to it, if that makes sense. But it's not, it's not, that doesn't mean that the album isn't good. It means that there's not like a necessarily a great, amazing single. But you can have an album that doesn't have a great, amazing single, still have a great album. 21 Savage, Savage Mode 2, deserves some respect. And then Thundercat, it is what it is, which I didn't listen to enough, but Funny Things is a guaranteed two-hand take-it-to-the-bank slap. Black Quails is awesome. I want to see Thundercat live so badly, like so badly. I, I, I just, I want to, I want to like see Thundercat in his like creative, I watched like an interview with him about how he like he went somewhere and like made a beat with somebody for some YouTube video and it was like I just want to hang out with him while he's doing creative shit. If you want a good laugh, watch the Kenny Beats uh, episode of The Cave featuring Thunder. That's what it was. That was so that was such a good that it, Yeah, I just want to hang out with Thundercat and do creative shit. Like so yeah, that's albums of 2020 that we really liked. Joe obviously listened to a bunch more, so feel free to message him about anything that you felt personally slighted that didn't get on the list today. Coming up next, like I said, we've got Songs of the Year. But for more, as always, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, at PrickHousePod, at ba da 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 for Joe, at Andrew Pissarro for myself. And until next time, Happy New Year. And this is my house.